Welcome to the Bethel Church Austin Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Pastor Joaquin Evans. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com. How many people know God loves his children? Like madly in love with his children. God, God touching his children is not a show. It's not a circus. It's a father being good to his children. God is not interested in people who want to notch on their belt. He is very interested in his kids knowing just how good he is. So, Father, I thank you. I thank you for the two hours that we have remaining tonight. The the third... The 33 minutes that we have remaining tonight, God, that your love would fall in a greater way. God, we thank you, God, that you would continue to wash over us and bathe us with love encounters of your goodness. God, I thank you that you always take us from glory to glory. God, that you're good in the room and you're not done. Be radiant over this house and over our city in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Hey, I want to quickly talk to you about what precedes your breakthrough tonight. And uh, that's a big title. It's not, not an exhaustive list, but there's a couple of keys that I want to release uh, to you tonight. What precedes your breakthrough? And I actually fell asleep the other night with this thought, and I, it was one of those, I don't know if it was that twilight moment we were falling into sleep, or it was a dream, but it was in that, in that moment where I had this thought that mercy precedes grace and compassion precedes the miraculous. And then I woke up thinking about it again the next day, so I'm going to preach on it to you now. Come on, thank you, Jesus. Um, and uh, God loves his kids. John 15 says, I no longer call you servants, but I call you friends. Amen. And God has us in this process. He's taken us all out of orphanhood and into sonship because there's no orphans in the kingdom. And that that God isn't building an army, a collection of servants. He's building a family. He's raising up sons and daughters that are called to partner with him and, and to be co-heirs with Jesus. It's an amazing, an amazing privilege, but we're all in process. And we're all in this journey, and it's okay because he's a good father. He's into the journey, and he's into the process. But there are, there are breakthroughs that all of us are desiring to see. Can I get an amen on that? It's just, that's a given. We all have things that we want to see breakthrough in, see more breakthrough in, but this thought that, that mercy uh, precedes grace and compassion precedes the miraculous are some of these keys, and in Christendom, we can use oftentimes mercy and grace interchangeably, uh, mistakenly, so they're, they're not exactly the same thing, although they work hand in hand, but to understand the dynamics of the two, each individual and how they work together, is really key. 
a user-friendly definition for mercy and grace would be mercy is not getting what we deserve, as in response to something negative, as in you committed a crime, the law says that you deserve X punishment, but the judge says, you know what, I'm not going to punish you. Even though you deserve it, I'm not going to punish you, that would be mercy. Somebody say, thank you God for mercy. <laughs> because we have all received mercy from the King of Kings, amen? And <clears throat> grace is getting, grace is receiving what we did not earn, as in something positive. So we just talked about mercy. Grace is, I receive gifts from the Father. I receive goodness from the Father. I receive impartations. I receive inheritance. I receive fullness. I receive sonship. I receive identity. I receive all these things that I didn't earn. This side of the room isn't sure. <laughs> That Jesus earned those things for us. Amen? But we get what he deserves. That's grace. So mercy is not, is not getting what you deserve, and grace is getting what you didn't earn. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> A more formal definition would be mercy is benevolence or tenderness of heart, which causes a person to forgive trespasses and to forego punishment that law or justice would warrant in first peter 2 9 it says but you are god's chosen and special people jay hit this in the close of worship you are a group of royal priests and a holy nation god has brought you out of darkness and put you into his marvelous light thank you jesus i love i just love this verse but the God brought us out of darkness, and you heard, have heard me say this before, but he didn't leave us there on the banks of darkness with dirty rags and broken chains. God pulling us out of darkness is what? It's mercy. But God didn't leave us there. Thank you, Jesus, that God pulled us out of darkness, and he put us in to his marvelous light. The pulling out is mercy. The putting us into his light is grace. Thank you, Jesus. I love, you've heard, also heard me say this, Bill Johnson, quote, that you can tell how much someone knows they've been forgiven by the way they worship. Oh, you can... Oh, mercy. <laughs> you could tell who's gotten a hold of mercy. The mercy of God that has been extended to me. That he pulled me out of darkness. When I was in my brokenness and despair and shame and filth, he came by his own goodness and his own decree. And he pulled me out and I can never stop worshiping him because of that. <clears throat> but he doesn't stop. He puts us into his marvelous like grace, would, as a noun, would be undeserved, unmerited, unearned favor. Undeserved, unmerited, unearned favor. Unearned. Unmerited. Undeserved favor. Who could use some of that? <laughs> that, that Paul actually refers to grace as 
the exceeding working of God's power. In, in Ephesians 2, 7 and 8, Paul, speaking to the Ephesians, he says, he's speaking of the gospel of which I became a minister according to the gift of grace. Somebody say grace. Grace, grace of God given to me by the effective working of his power. To me who am less than the least of the saints, this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Grace is the effective working of God operating on your behalf. Listen, grace, grace is unearned, unmerited, undeserved favor. That's what it is as a noun. That's the thing. But what happens when that noun becomes a verb? What happened when that noun goes to work? When that unearned, unmerited, undeserved favor goes into action? That's called breakthrough. Listen, when favor you didn't earn, favor you didn't deserve goes before you into a situation, guess what happened? Breakthrough just went before you. Things start to open up. Doorways start. Things that you can't do in your own ability start to happen anyway. Huh. You know that lady who had her, her deaf ears get healed? I don't know how deaf ears open up. I never went to medical school. That's why I didn't think it was funny. <laughs> Listen, I didn't go to medical school. Even if I had, I still wouldn't know how they open up. Why? Because it's the grace of God. But through grace, we can allow ourselves to see things happen that we don't know how they happen. But we can see them happen anyway. Like her ears opening up, and then the next day, 16 more ears opened up. You can ask me, how did that happen? And I can tell you, I don't know. <laughs> Except for the unearned, unmerited, undeserved favor of God went into action. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody say breakthrough. <clears throat> These are keys to, keys to moving into breakthrough. <clears throat> but, but mercy comes before grace. In our relationship to God, mercy comes before grace. Why? Because he first had to pull us out of darkness. That he first pulled us out, and then he put us into his marvelous light. That God first had to extend mercy because we needed it. Amen? No secret there. Let's just be real. We all needed it. Before Jesus, we needed the mercy of God, so he came with the mercy of God. But the mercy of God broke those chains. It set us free. It pulled us out of darkness, and it put us in position now to receive his grace. Thank you, Jesus. That, that mercy, our ability to receive mercy sets us up for our ability to receive grace. And people are like, I want, I want to see breakthrough in this, that, and the other thing, and things we've been contending for. What, is, what causes breakthrough? That undeserved favor going into motion. But in order to receive grace, we first have to receive mercy. So I want to ask you this. Have you received the mercy that God has extended to you? 
Have you received the full measure of the mercy that God's extended to you? And I don't just mean in head knowledge. I don't just mean in our Christian knees. Of course, we can sing the songs, right? We can quote the scriptures. I don't mean that. I mean in your heart. Because if you don't know how much you've been forgiven, you don't know how much you're meant to be empowered. That, that he's calling us to be a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. That's his design and his desire. But first, he needs us, he needs us to grasp, to, to, to latch on to, not just with our heads, not just information, with our hearts. Oh, man, he really forgave me. Not just 10 years ago, he forgave me yesterday, and he forgives me today, and he's going to forgive me tomorrow, and when I trip up, he's going to forgive me again. If I stumble, he's going to forgive me again. He really, really means this, that I am so forgiven. <laughs> Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Whew, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> now, I'm so forgiven that I, that I actually start to believe. Here it is. I actually start to believe that he has put me in position to receive unmerited, undeserved favor. You can't see deaf ears open up if you don't know you've been forgiven. You can't, you're not going to see the full financial breakthrough that he's called you to walk in the abundance if you don't know that you've been forgiven. We can't run around and chase gifts. And chase outcomes before we've sat on his lap. And had the, the, the father-child talk and let him tell us how much we've been forgiven. Do you know that, that, that being undone, a key to breakthrough is being undone by the mercy of God. They talked about the extravagant worship in this house. Extravagant worship should come out of a place of being undone by the mercy of God. Again and again, day after day, he's forgiven me. He's forgiven me. I remember where I was and look where I am now because of his mercy. We need to be undone. When you allow the mercy of God when you allow yourself to be undone by the mercy of God, it actually creates emotional and spiritual space, capacity for the grace to come in. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. The, the, the picture is like the, a dam, a dam that's clogged up with all the junk in our lives, and mercy comes and starts breaking down. I've forgiven you of that. I forgive you of that. I forgive you of that. I forgive And it pulls the whole dam down. So that what? Grace can flow. Thank you, Jesus. In John 7, 38, you all know it. It says, if you believe in me as the scriptures have said, you will have rivers of living water flowing out of your innermost being. God wants to break open the dam for some people here tonight so that the river can flow. And we all want the river. 
But the first part is, if you believe in me as, as the scriptures have said. And the scriptures tell us that when he forgives us, he removes it as far as the east is from the west. That he, that the scripture tell us that when he makes us a new creation, that we are, that we are something that never existed before. That old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Thank you, Jesus, for letting us. Can we just take a moment? And mercy precedes grace. And God's going to release some grace here tonight, but we need to be undone by the mercy of God. Thank you, Father. For what you've done. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you're getting ready to do. God, I thank you that we can stand here and say, in this very place in less than a year, that we've seen people healed of cancer. We've seen people get off of deathbeds in the hospital. We've seen metal disappear from bodies, deaf ears open. We've seen Muslims saved. We've seen atheists saved. We've seen Jehovah's Witnesses encounter the love of God be healed in the, just in the presence and worship. We've seen dozens and dozens of people with severe to life-threatening allergies, food allergies be healed. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. <sighs> Have you received the full mercy that God has extended to you. Because I tell you, there is a key. If you're struggling to move into grace, you might want to revisit your mercy meter. And come on, we've all been there. We feel like we're on the, we're on the, the track and people are whew, running past us. How they get that breakthrough? How they, they've been saved shorter than I have. And they they're, they're seem to be running with grace. People passing us up left and right. And we feel stuck. And we're trying. We're reaching for grace. But if you're having struggles to reach, to apprehend the grace, apprehend the grace, go back and visit your measure of mercy. Your mercy, have you fully received because when you know you're forgiven is when the dam starts to break open. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> We're talking about those are keys for your own personal breakthroughs. And listen, God wants it more than you do. God wants it more than you do. But if <clears throat> switching from receiving your own personal breakthrough to desiring to see God move through you to see breakthrough for others because how many people want to see that? Yeah. We want to see God move through us and do extraordinary things. The same, the same is true that mercy precedes grace. And if we want to see breakthrough happen through us, where we've received mercy, we need to extend mercy. Because how many people know we're not called to judge the world? That's someone else's job. But we have somehow become experts of that in, in the Christian world. 
And we're really, if we're really spiritual, we call it discernment. And, we, and we, we go around and we judge and we judge and we judge and we judge. The problem is judgment comes with condemnation. That we're not, we're not supposed to judge people. We're supposed to have mercy for them. We're supposed to have compassion for them. And listen, <clears throat> judgment and wisdom are two different things. To not judge someone doesn't mean that you don't move in wisdom. Come on, if somebody is, is operating as a car thief, I'm not going to give them my car keys. It's like, oh, I was just supposed to have mercy on them, but I'll never see my car again, right? That doesn't, you're still supposed to operate in wisdom. You're just not supposed to place judgment. Judgment means I feel like I know why you're the way you are. And I feel like I know what you deserve for being the way you are. Wisdom taps into the compassion of God and says, you currently are operating below the call of God, but I can see the promises for your life. And, and although I'm not going to hand you my car keys in this moment, I am going to speak destiny over you. I'm going to speak promise over you. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to give you opportunity to show your trustworthiness. I'm going to give you place to bloom and to blossom into the full promise of God so that in a very short while that you are holding everybody's car keys. Because we're, we're extending mercy with wisdom, calling them into the full promise of God. But do you know that when you're ministering to somebody, the moment that you choose to extend mercy, not judgment, is the moment that you receive grace for their breakthrough. <laughs> that was a good word right there. Look, I'll tell you, there's some upgrades available in the room right now. If you just grab a hold of that. <laughs> when we want to pray for somebody, listen, you don't know why they're sick. You don't know why they're acting the way they're acting. You don't know the pain that they've gone through, the trauma that they've endured. You don't know. Your job is to love them. Yes, use wisdom, but your job is to love them. Don't judge. Extend mercy. Tap into the heart of the Father. Oh, I see the high call of God on your life. You're not operating there yet, but whoo, I have some grace available for you now. Here, receive this. And it will help elevate you into the high call that God has on your life. Thank you, Jesus. John 20, 21 to 23. So Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. That's a good start. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. That's a heavy statement right there. Hey, Betty, good to see you. <laughs> and when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Are you ready for this? If you forgive the sins of any, their sins have been forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they have been retained. Ouch! A kingdom of priests. <laughs> this side of the room's not sure. That's all right. <laughs> Do we have anybody who's been called to be a priest in God? 40 people. That's all right. I can work with that. 
Listen, this is bigger than we know. It's bigger than we imagine. That he's inviting us into this place of trust. That he says, if you retain their sins, they're retained. We We can't judge somebody and then release breakthrough. You just retain the very thing that's going to keep them bound. If you extend mercy instead, it breaks the chain. And it opens them to receive the grace for their breakthrough. Come on, you can't... Are you ready? You You can't judge your city. And then expect breakthrough to come over your city. You can't judge your neighbor. You can't judge your governors. You can't judge and expect breakthrough to come in the same breath. Yes, people aren't perfect. Yes, people have gone through stuff. Yes, people have hurt and they have pain like we all have. But we received mercy. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. We received mercy, so we need to extend mercy. And the moment we do, we open ourselves up to receive grace for their breakthrough for your city's breakthrough. Come on, thank you, Jesus. Can I get the team up here? Thank you, Jesus. This is, this is where compassion, compassion precedes the miraculous, is, is what I heard as I was falling in, into deep sleep. And, and I, I've known that this is true Being in the healing ministry for a long time, I said it already. God is not into people who are looking for a notch on their belt. God's God's not looking to move powerfully through somebody who's just like, well, Johnny's moving powerfully. I need to move powerfully. Listen, it's not a race. And it's not a competition. It's not a comparison. It's a love encounter. It's a love encounter. God will move. Not wants to, not looking to. God will move powerfully through those who are broken and undone by his mercy. And he will move powerfully through those who will tap into his heart of compassion. I don't want to see people sick because my heavenly father doesn't want to see people sick. I don't want to see people in broken relationships because my Heavenly Father doesn't want to see people in broken relationships. I don't need a notch on my belt. I don't need the belt. I I just need people to know how good He is, how near He is, how madly in love with them that He is. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Sympathy locks people into their condition. Sympathy means I relate to you out of my natural ability. I relate to you in your condition. And it keeps you there. Compassion means I've tapped into my Father's heart to see the higher promise for you. Like, yes, I don't want you to be sick, but because my father has something better for you. 
Thank you, Jesus. Matthew 14, 13 and 14. Now when Jesus heard about John, he withdrew from there in a boat to a secluded place by himself. And when the people heard of this, they followed him on foot from the cities. When he went ashore, he saw a large crowd and felt compassion for them and healed their sick. Over and over again, the Bible says he was moved with compassion. Now, the reality is, is that compassion and the miraculous, they bookend mercy and grace. That when we tap into the Father's heart, when we touch the compassion that he has for people, we can't help but extend mercy. It pulls us out of the judgment seat. It pulls us out of the better than. It pulls us out of the I know more than you. It pulls us out of the place that says I've got it together and you don't. It pulls us out of the place of casting condemnation. And it reminds us How broken we are because of what he's done for us. Of course I can love you in your brokenness. Because he loved me in mine. Of course I can come in with hope in your hopelessness. Because he brought hope into mine. He's a good father. I hope I'm releasing some keys. We have a God of breakthrough because we have a good God. And He wants your breakthrough more than you want your breakthrough. And He wants to release breakthrough through you more than you want to see it released through you. Because he's madly in love with the world. I want to ask you tonight, have you received the full measure of mercy that he's extended to you? And I don't mean we're really good at doing the Christianese thing. I don't mean head knowledge. I mean heart knowledge. Have you received it? Because where you receive it is where you can receive grace. Yes, there's breakthroughs available. But it first starts with being a full-fledged son, a full-fledged daughter, of having all the residue of the orphan spirit socked away. Old things passed away so all things can become new. If you believe... That you've been called as a, as a son, as a daughter of the king. I want to invite you to stand to your feet tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There's breakthroughs 
at hand. In just a little bit, we're going to have our prayer team available, and I know that they're going to see more miracles tonight. You can't release these keys and not see increased breakthrough. But I just, I feel like the Father wants to give opportunity for people to fully, to first fully receive mercy. And then there's going to be an upgrade for receiving the grace, the effective working of His power. But if God's stirring something in your heart tonight, when I talk about not just head knowledge, but heart knowledge, heart knowledge, heart knowledge, heart knowledge, is all the logs and the twigs and the, and the mud and the muck and the grass of the dam, has it been pulled down? Have you fully received the mercy? Do you feel like when you hear these promises of, of that he sent you, I send you as the Father has sent me, when you hear these promises that you'll go into all the world and heal the sick, when you hear these promises about being a kingdom of priests, do your, does your heart explode inside with a great big, yes, of course, my daddy wants that for me. Or do you have to squeeze it through this filter? Because oh, you haven't fully received mercy. If you need an upgrade in the mercy of God, this is just between you and God. I know you could feel it. His presence is here. Our good Father is here. He's here just to touch you right now. I just invite you to come out of your seat and just come to the front and just receive an upgrade of the mercy of the Father. Thank you, Jesus. It doesn't mean you've done anything wrong this season you've done anything wrong today it just means you're you're recognizing you haven't fully embraced fully embraced the full identity and measure of forgiveness that he's actually extended to you our mind wants to play tricks on us and tell us we're not fully forgiven but you are fully forgiven Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.